Welcome to Permaculture Freedom Podcast. My name is Cody and I'm your host. This is a show about cultivating freedom in our lives so we can be our best self. Freedom to live a beautiful, regenerative lifestyle that inspires our families, our friends, and our community. To transform our lives and reconnect to nature within. It's a revival of our roots. Roots that run deep into the earth. We were born for this time. We were born for this time. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful journey. Thanks for showing up. excited to have this conversation with you and let's just get started and why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey so far. I for the past year and a half have been working on retrofitting a uh, small urban rambler uh, single story house uh, with myself and with my brother um, and have been uh, doing as much energy retrofitting projects as possible while also looking to transform the uh, quarter acre lot, almost a quarter acre lot that we, that, that we have here in Minneapolis. Uh, so it's been about a year and a half. We, when we bought this house, there were several aspects of it that needed immediate repair and um, mechanicals that needed replacement. Uh, things that are breaking down, uh, and we've made a lot of progress. I've learned a lot of skills in the past year and a half, um, and also since that time, I had started. I've started to work full time for a uh, local solar installer and designer uh, here in the Twin Cities, and that's been occupying my full time, uh, both during the day and during the weekends and evenings when I do have the time. Um, the way that I got to be in this position started, (laughs) started back to, uh, I was thinking before this interview, you know, when did I really start to, uh, deviate from, I think a conventional, a conventional career path. Yeah. And, uh, when I was 13, I had, uh, listen to a analysis of the matrix from like philosophers and psychologists. And that, that was the first time that I was started, I was introduced to concepts of trying to think outside of um, a conventional mindset and started to question society just in general as, as a, as a younger kid. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, led me to explore um, things like meditation and start to start to dig into the way I was eating a little more. And as that progressed during college, uh, I started working for natural foods co-op, uh, natural foods grocery store in the twin cities and started to learn even more about the food system. Um, started unpacking on everything from how the food was grown to how it was being distributed, to how it was being sold. And, uh, as I started 
to learn about all the problems with our existing conventional food system, I started to become more and more concerned for, um, for, for getting food that I felt safe and I felt good about. Mm-hmm. And in, in college, I studied communication studies and Spanish studies. And so that was a, you know, very broad liberal arts education. Um, and started to also read books, watch documentaries about the food system, which eventually led me to permaculture design and was very excited at the solutions that we proposed in permaculture design um, because ultimately it's about creating a positive alternative um, versus focusing on all the problems that currently exist. I was really seeking the solution or solutions to what I saw were very deep systemic problems with the way that I was getting my food. uh, And then also with the way that we're getting our energy to heat and to power our homes. uh, So many things that are linked to our essential life resources in society today. Yeah. Uh, Living, you know, living where I am in Midwestern United States in an urban city environment. Um, So then after college, um, I worked at Seward Co-op and worked more in administrative level. Uh, and then after that, the you know position didn't have um, a strong need as, as the company stopped growing for me to be around. So was looking to grow into further avenues and was, uh, I, I've always been interested in trying to, um, in trying to, combine the best of both worlds with what society has innovated and technology and the wisdom that we've all forgotten with the natural world that permaculture brings to the table um, and took a meandering path to get to where I am now, where I feel, I feel good about sticking in the position where I am now uh, and getting there. There was a few deviations that took unexpected turns. So uh, after working in, after working at the co-op, Um, I had uh, worked as an IT recruiter for a firm in downtown Minneapolis uh, to get more experience on what he was like working in the technology space. And that was uh, far, far too conventional from what I eventually wanted uh, and, and wanted to get continuing education in permaculture design. So after less than a year, I ended up leaving that. And then took uh, permaculture courses, including the one by Land by Hand, uh, which created a lot of strong industry relationships and connections. Um, And after taking those courses for almost a year um, and then trying to do a a startup project with a church based around urban farming, uh, you know, wanted to wanted to work again for for a company that was at least established, and that's when I came across my my the current company that I work for now, uh, called Powerfully Green. And so we um, we design and sell solar for residential, for commercial, um, for ground mounts, rooftops. Um, we we can do a wide a wide range of solar projects and renewable energy projects, um, battery storage, including in the Twin Cities area. Um, and so it was about a year ago that I had really started to place my roots, um, first from buying this house about a year and a half ago, to then 
now working in this job, working as a doing project management um, and administrative work and for a solar design installer. Um, and since then, I've gotten a lot of uh, tangible skills that have um, connected the principles and ethics and ideals that I've gotten from permaculture into um, into physical results. So uh, projects have been completed in this house um, that meet my high level goals and that now are, you know, physically in reality mm -hmm. uh, have been brought to existence. So yeah. that's that's a that's a snapshot of how I got to be from from younger in my youth, you know, school and college to where I am today. And right now I'm uh, 28. Well, it sounds like you have been on quite the path and transformation. Um, thank you for, for sharing that, that kind of process of how you've come into permaculture and how it's kind of transformed your lifestyle. Um, you mentioned some of the skills and, and principles. Are there any, any of those skills or principles that stand out to you? <laughs> that have been kind of important in this this transformation? Yeah, in terms of permaculture principles, for me, uh, just one that comes to mind is stacking functions. And that's one that's been really important as I've been designing um, improvements for the home energy systems in my house. Mm -hmm. And I could go, I can go in, into the weeds and details really fast. Uh, but just a very quick example of that would be, so when we, when I bought this house, um, the furnace was 35 years old and was red tagged by the city. Uh, we were required to replace it within a certain time frame, And, and that there was a opportunity for making an energy improvement in the house, a, a system level improvement. Mm -hmm. So instead of just switching out with, uh, a new furnace, we took the opportunity to see how can we transition this whole house over to renewables. Now it's a 1950s house, so uh, the insulation was out of date. Um, and it, it would it would have been difficult to make this house uh, a, a passive home without completely tearing down the walls and redoing the whole envelope of the house. So instead of doing that, we we changed out the, the gas powered furnace with a uh, geothermal heat pump. Um, and it was a big investment. However, there's a lot of benefits with geothermal that uh, one, it can uh, offset your need for hot water because as a byproduct of the heat pump working, um, it also creates heat that can supplement as a, as a hot water source. And then so combined with that, that allowed us to then have a small tankless um, electric on-demand system on top of the preheat tank for hot water. So that allowed us to transition all of our hot water and heating and cooling over to electric um, because of the way that those, those systems can synergistically work together because with the heat pump, it stacks the functions of one, heating and cooling the house, but then also has a byproduct of, of heating water as well too, which lowers the hot water needs, which allows a small tankless system to do the rest of the work, mm -hmm. uh, which then allows us to power that off of solar. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just, that's just a quick example of stacking functions of yeah. a principle I really like in permaculture that 
uh, led over to you know a specific project with with our house or actually a connection with projects. Um, I what I really like from working on this house and what I learned in permaculture is working on a systems level uh, systems level thinking. This house is also a system, and while in permaculture design it's mostly about the landscape and and how structures work together. Um, it, this this house going down to a very granular detail, the way that the walls influence the ceiling and the insulation influences the heating cooling system. Um, all these different components are also interconnected in the house. Um, and having that foundation from permaculture design was really helpful for me to keep my head straight whenever I was making these design decisions. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, I was thinking about, as you were talking about that approach of, you know, stacking functions and um, essentially, you know, resilience planning into the, the retrofitting process. I'm curious if you have come across other people in, in your field, in your industry, that also approach in this this whole systems thinking kind of way from maybe if, like taking a different path from permaculture, or do you feel like you found that approach to be lacking in the way, you know, retrofitting or the bigger field of renewable energy is approached? You know, what's really funny is, um, so I've, I've taken a step back from, from being very focused on permaculture design this past year. Yeah. Uh, and because I've been focused on these home projects and, mm -hmm. and, you know, reading all sorts of blogs and advice from, you know, internet sources that I could find. And what I found was that, uh, even though the kind of technologies that they're using are um, uh, feel feel more conventionally rooted. Um, uh, as in, for example, the passive house movement, they work on hyper insulated homes uh, and there's now certifications for, you know, certified passive homes. And these these homes really only rely on a small air source heat pump, even in a cold temperature climate like Minnesota, mm -hmm. because homes are so thickly insulated. However, the way that they insulate these homes um, is is uh, is either through through you know polyurethane spray foam uh, or insulated concrete forms, uh, rather conventionally rooted technologies. It, in terms of where the materials are sourced from, uh, but bring a very, very high standard and a whole systems approach to what they do uh, versus a straw bale home or uh, something that would be, maybe I would read from a natural, a natural building book. Mm -hmm. um, this, the systems level of thinking is, is, is there, um, even though that the sources of these technologies are, are rooted, you know, in, um, in chemicals that are from our, uh, that are from these historically conventional industries, if that makes any sense. So okay. what, I, what I've noticed is that there is a very strong whole systems, whole systems approach in the angle that they're coming at it from the, um, 
the lineage that they're coming at it from is different from a natural building mm-hmm. uh, lineage of knowledge, uh, but with the same with the same intentions of gaining the same goal. Um, and so, the 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 cost on the earth of using these resources mm-hmm. is obviously a lot higher because a lot of them are oil based. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, they're able to make these homes that require very little mechanical input to maintain a high level of comfort that a lot of people in, in society would expect no less if they're, um, if they're trying to improve their lifestyle. There's so many people that, yes, they want to go green, but they don't want to lose any of their conveniences. And so these, these, these new passive home uh, uh, standards are, are, very, are very interesting in that way. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, that would be my, that would be my response Mm -hmm. that they, they have the same direction, but coming out from different angles. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious to see, you know, in 40, 50 years, what'll be the new conventional home standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the idea of shelter is, is very important in permaculture design and you you mentioned briefly natural building, and and I feel like that's a that's an approach to to shelter that is is uh, identified a lot within permaculture. And I think you know this this other field or this industry that's that you have become uh, a part of, you know, it's it's a different path to a similar destination. And there's there's definitely some beautiful overlap that needs to happen there. I think in in that approach. Um, I'm curious to, to, you know, your situation, what, what really started your, uh, you know, vision for, for retrofitting versus like going the approach of, you know, starting from the ground up and, and approaching like either a natural built project or one of these more modern passive home projects. Right. So I had consider the idea of building new um, a few years ago and was even very interested in, in building a tiny house um, because that would, that would allow me to start something from scratch on a lower budget. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the resources that I had available at the time informed uh, uh informed what I ended up doing. So I, I wanted to live in the city or close to the city for a number of reasons. Um, uh, but really, I just wanted the benefits of living closer to a city and being around, you know, some of the latest happenings, being able to bike to where I wanted to go to. Um, if I wanted um, having a lot of neighbors around me, I kind of like that idea too. Mm-hmm. Uh, having a, uh, yeah, just just being able to center my my lifestyle around all the amenities of a city, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, I you know didn't have a ton of money to be building a new home from scratch, um, and so the the only the only options that I could think of were either to wait longer and then build a home from scratch, build a very small home, which would be basically a tiny house or to buy an existing home that was small that I could renovate over time 
or retrofit over time. Mm-hmm. And after um, exploring the tiny house path uh, very seriously, I you know had even um, had a few pre-designs built and was talking to architects. Um, I I I really wanted to be rooted in land more than anything else, and I knew that and I knew that the the rooted in land were were important for me to feel connected to a sense of place. Mm-hmm. And on a tiny house in the city, it's hard to still legally find a space where you can park it long term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for me to be close to the city, that's why I then decided to uh, look for a small house to then retrofit. Mm-hmm. And my brother was also looking for a more permanent place at the time as well, too. So we we put our heads in, in our financial benefits together and look to retrofit a home. Um, and I, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for, for, for me, I would just, I would just say that the amount of resources that I had, um, uh, led me to do this option. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what sort of criteria were you looking for in that search? I wanted a as small of a house with as large of a yard as possible, as close mm-hmm. to the downtown center as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even have to think about that to to know what my criteria were. That was just <laughs> that's automatically what it was. And so found, uh, w- w- was looking for months and had been to several house showings and mm-hmm. wasn't very excited by the size of the lots um, of the houses. Um, I wanted something that was, that felt, like it was at least close to a quarter of an acre if possible. But I, but I knew that that was, that was a slim chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were lucky to find a small house that was at the dead end of a street on the edge of downtown Minneapolis, mm-hmm. or sorry, that was on the edge of the city proper. Um, and that allowed us, that gave us this very long, uh, very, very long lot and a small 1950s Rambler a uh, very simple floor plan and easy for me to think about how I could improve it uh, from an energy perspective. And so mm-hmm. as someone that didn't have any experience doing, doing remodeling, mm-hmm. having a simple box was easy for me to to learn and to practice and wrap my head around mm-hmm. uh, because much of this house has been about practicing. Um, there's so many projects that felt very overwhelming in the beginning, had this high level vision that, that inspired me but how to get there felt very daunting. And it's really crazy how far I've come. Uh, and it's been through um, through uh, very, very small steps at a time. Uh, and those small steps have been a very big journey. Uh, it's every, every single step has been exciting and scary. Uh, and then as I get more experience, it becomes easier to take, to take these steps forward mm-hmm. to complete a new project. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I I didn't I didn't grow up doing any sort of carpentry or um, home home remodeling project. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was growing up, I had um, you know my my dad was a mechanic and he had done some work around the house, but I had I had never used a lot of tools really um, mm-hmm. growing up, and so the first time that I had been using tools for uh, for these these projects was for this house. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah yeah that's uh, that's wonderful to hear yeah I was just curious about the the criteria because you know like for for both Megan and I too you know 
having a permacultural approach to you know site analysis and looking for a home and and the land and and a farm it's it's a very it can be a very overwhelming experience because permaculture is so much about you know gathering information and 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 by the time that you're going on showings and stuff too was it I'm wondering if you had a similar approach to us and that you you know had some sort of filter with your criteria of like okay now I'm going on the showing I have all these notes prepared or I have you know information about the the space and now I'm kind of vetting the inside of it you know what I mean like how much yeah how much research were you doing up front you know with using kind of online tools and and resources versus like the on the ground yeah um I had general parameters of what I wanted um uh so uh I have already talked about the size of the house, size of the lot, and location to the downtown core. And then also had wanted a house that had a main southern facing roof for putting solar on. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that that was important. And then a house that didn't have too much structural improvements that, that, that needed, that needed work. Um, which I kind of missed the mark on this house just because of, you know, everything else was great and I was willing to accept it. I was willing to accept that something that wasn't perfect. Um, but over the course of, over the course of a few months of looking at houses, I had developed a strong, uh, a strong criteria of what I wanted. Yeah. And when this house came online on the, on the realtor search website. Mm-hmm. I immediately called my, uh, called my agent and asked them to do a showing that same day. And, Within an hour or two of it being posted, we were already over there, and I was already making an offer on the house mm-hmm. that afternoon um, yeah. because it was, ex- you know, it was exactly what I was looking for. Um, so, um, and if we wouldn't, we probably would have been beaten by another offer because there's already a few other offers that happened that that, that same day, mm-hmm. and it's really competitive on um, at it's really competitive right now in the market. So if you don't make an offer in the house and th- there's a good chance that someone else will beat you to it within a day, within a day or two. Yes. Or be accepted. That's our experience as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I had to act quick. It couldn't be perfect, but it was, but it was very close to everything that I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well that, yeah, that's interesting hearing that. Cause I, I, I think this is a really good example of, you know, you know, permaculture's approach in, in that, you know, starting out, you might have had some kind of loose criteria or, you know, expectations, but as you actually got out there and surveyed the landscape and, and the market, it, it gradually kind of stiffened and, and made that criteria a lot more definitive. And so when you finally found something that fit, you could, you know, essentially pull the trigger and have that confidence to act right away. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and just to name some things that were not perfect. Um, if any of your listeners are also find themselves, find themselves looking for a home soon. Yeah. So there's, there's a big living room window where the, the glass was broken on it. So only the plastic, um, uh, so, so, so basically, you know, we, we still need a new window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a huge insulation leak. There was some horizontal cracks along the foundation. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, there's 
there's very, very little bowing that has happened, mm-hmm. uh, but that process has started. So that's something that we're going to have to tackle very, very short. There's a, um, you know, half dead, uh, 90 foot tall tree. That's about 10 feet away from our house. Mm-hmm. Um, that's concerning because it's, it's dead and it'll be expensive to remove. Um, so, so, I mean, there, oh, there's also a hole going into the attic and so there were squirrels going in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- there is definitely a, a number of problems, including the furnace, like I just mentioned, mm-hmm. like the water heater was on its last leg. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of problems there. However, by seeing the potential in the house, that's what made it a very easy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was something that I knew that I could, with a smaller budget, renovate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easy enough for me to do by myself. It was close enough to the downtown where I felt like I was confident that I could, I could get a job that I could center around this, mm-hmm. um, center around this home within mm-hmm. the city. Uh, there was great access to sun and a huge yard for potential. So those benefits were uh, outweighed those negatives. And by having those, those filters already set my mind from taking the time to think about them and reflect and then having some time looking around the market as experience, it made it quick for me, for me to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's just amazing that, you know, someone that, you know, you, you mentioned you didn't really have a lot of these kind of hands-on skills or, you know, experience in this was able to, to approach the situation. I mean, you had your, your non-negotiables of the criteria you were looking for, and then you kind of had some of these these issues to assess did you did you feel like you needed to bring anybody else into the mix to to get a second opinion on some of those things or did you feel like you were already very much prepared in the research you've been doing and learning to kind of assess some of those those bigger issues um i felt confident that we could tackle those as they came up yeah Um, yeah through yeah yeah, I I felt confident that we could that we could take those on ourselves at the time, mm. um, because I yeah because um, those key design elements of mm-hmm. access to sun, uh, you know, smaller house, easier to maintain and improve, and large land were very. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, those are just very simple design drivers that mm-hmm. from looking from looking at all the houses that were available, it was something that didn't come up very often. Yeah. Was, was a rare enough find. Um, that's yeah, that's yeah. very Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I, yeah, I asked that question because I think this, this like ability and motivation um, and frankly, like resilience in the ability to learn as needed is like a common characteristic in a lot of people, I think that come to permaculture design and, do you feel like that has always been a part of your personality or do you think that's been something that you've kind of built up skill in and, and confidence in? Well, I gotta be honest. Sometimes I don't feel very resilient. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I feel very drained and very tired from projects lasting longer than what I'd hoped. Well, that's real. um, I mean, even just in my own job, I mean, I work for a small company where there's a lot of weight on each of our shoulders and that puts a lot of responsibility and not a very strong incentive for me to want to take time off. Um, and that's, that's, that's come at a cost and there's been huge benefits. Um, but I think 
being resilient is, is again, a journey. I, I don't know if it's something that I can say that is ingrained in me or something that I've been blessed with. I think that once, once the vision of what I wanted was solidified and clicked and that, you know, I want to be, I want to be living in an environment where I feel can produce the resources or provide the resource needs like food, warm shelter, um, enough space for, for a long time. Uh, once I had solidified on what that looked like, um, it was just a matter of me learning along the way to, um, to get back up whenever I felt really drained and to keep on going. And so, yeah, I, I, I can't say whether it's me or other people, but I knew that there's a lot of things that just had to get done and there wasn't, there wasn't going to be many other people that would do them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, or also I just didn't have the money to be paying, um, a bunch of contractors to be doing all this work. Mm -hmm. Um, so there were some things that we, you know, we do have, we did have to contract out, Mm -hmm. uh, but that would find along the way of, you know, what's the, what's the lowest, um, what's the lowest interest cost way of doing, of like getting this loan, for yeah. example. But every single project was taken as I come, has been trying to do as much as I could. And um, it's been, it's been also not me. It's been, my, my brother has been equally invested in all, in all this too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. What, what's I, the, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, so I, 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 I can't say if, you know, if, um, I can't give a definitive answer if someone is, is, is primed to do something more than others. Um, I just think that if you want something bad enough, you'll take the next step forward and you'll just keep on going. And sooner or later you look back and realize how much you've accomplished. Yeah. Kind of how it is. It's like when you're in the thick of it, when I've been in the thick of these projects, um, like for example, when it, it was the end of September and had worked, you know, more than a 40 hour week and we had this very narrow, narrow window to, um, to redo, to, uh, redo the insulation in our, in our, in our attic to then qualify for a 0% interest solar loan, Mm -hmm. which that would allow it to make all these projects more affordable. You know, then we had to cram this, um, attic insulation project in the end of September during a really hot day. Mm -hmm. And there's all this prep work that needed to seal the attic. And so I literally had probably slept like, you know, five hours of the whole weekend after working like a 50 hour week at work mm-hmm. and was spending most of the time in the attic, just drained and obviously, you know, probably heat exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, when it comes to times like those, it's, it's like you're, you're, you're in the weeds, you're in the thick of it and it, you make, you, you do the best that you can to make through, make through it because at that point, you know, there's really no way, or it would have been so expensive to have that project linger on uh, for renting equipment and for all that stuff that we just had to get it done that weekend. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to doing an example like that, um, I just found more energy um, in the moment mm-hmm. I pushed myself and we completed it. Um, and then we look back and then we realize that, oh, wow, we just did that. Holy crap. That was a lot. <laughs> oh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Oh man, what what sort of skills have you needed to to build in doing this work? Um, like basic basic carpentry skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, using using tools um, that I had no experience 
using before a few years ago, like an angle grinder or a saw or chainsaw for when I cleared out a lot of the overgrowth that we're going to now use to make swales mm-hmm. um, in our yard. Um, uh, using an, using a insulation blower, like a lot of these things I've been learning as these projects have come up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, yeah, uh, um, there's, there's a lot. And then also I would say uh, some financial planning because mm-hmm. doing these energy projects, we did have to take out loans and loans for the insulation for solar and then for the geothermal. Mm-hmm. But knowing how to, um, uh, knowing how to do the math of cost recovery period. Mm-hmm. So having, creating models of here would my cost be if I were to go with this conventional uh, replacement mm-hmm. uh, for this for this mechanical item versus here's my, here's what I'm dreaming of. Here's my ideal. What's the upfront cost going to be and how long will it take for this to recover my cost in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been something that I've, I've gotten very privy to with solar because the way that the way that the, um, that solar is sold is, is through cost recovery um, mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times it's also, uh, sold in terms of your, your new monthly payments, but um, I would think for the greatest long-term cost or, uh, cost benefit, you go by how long does it take for you to recover your investment, and mm-hmm. how much more will you continue to save in the future by not having this energy cost there from producing your energy, for example. Mm-hmm. So long, knowing how to do basic financial models, I think, was was very important in these design in these design skills. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, because otherwise, uh, for me, I have these ideals, I have these principles, and then how do I apply them towards this practical situation mm-hmm. uh, for me to know how to take that next step forward? That has been a big challenge for every single one of these projects that I've I've learned a little bit more um, as I've been doing these. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it it sounds like you've been able to just kind of really dive deep into the, you know, what, what's referred to as like the just in time learning, you know, if you've ever heard that phrase, huh. of, right. Yeah. It, as things come up, you, you've built this confidence to, you know, approach things in this way of, you know, you you don't have to know all the details before you get started. And most, more often than not, when you do try to make a big plan with all the details, things inevitably change because that's how nature works. So it, it sounds like you've really been able to, you know, approach this in, you know, really in a, in a, in a fearless way, even though there's probably been a lot of challenges and, and frustration in the process. So I think that's really beautiful thing to celebrate. Yeah. And then thank you. Yeah. And, and with that comes understanding of what my limitations are. I mean, from doing, you know, from, from doing dozens of projects, um, uh, creating up a list of the cost for all the materials and estimation of the time that it would take me. Um, I've, I've learned that this pro that projects will typically cost, you know, 30% more than what I have projected and materials and will take me twice as long of what I've initially projected. And so yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting better over time at estimating realistically how long will something take me? Mm-hmm. Um, because all these projects in the house are all tied together. Um, um, so 
if I were to go into another example, with in in Minneapolis, uh, there's there is an organization called Center for Energy and the Environment, and they offer zero uh, percent interest solar loans um, if your home meets a certain criteria. You've had to have had a survey with one of their um, auditors where they then give you recommendations to improve your house, and then you have to complete those recommendations that they give you, and then you demonstrate proof to CEE, the organization, that you've completed these requirements, and then they then uh, you know grant you a 0% interest solar loan. And that's that's huge because over time, when you compare a 5% interest solar loan to 0% interest, you're saving a lot more money. Um, and and then there's also seasonal timelines you're working against. So, you know, being able to install in the winter for solar on a roof is is not possible many days with ice, with so many elemental factors, just making it too slow, too difficult, and too risky on yourself or your property to work on solar. Mm-hmm. And so, what that led to was was us. Um, Doing the uh, doing these other home improvement projects that the organization required us to before doing solar, um, and so that was the you know all the insulation, a new uh, uh, bath fan and ductwork, um, and uh, fitting those projects into weekends. Then um, I, I mean all these timelines were all stacked on top of each other because we had to do this project to then allow it possible to do this project and you know, do that project in a certain amount of time. And so being able to work on timelines is really important. Mm. Um, and as I've been getting more experience, I've, I'm able to be a little more realistic with, with what I'm actually capable of doing, um, which is, which is helpful. Yeah. It helps plan the rest of the rest of my life around it too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was wondering about, you know, some of the potential mistakes that you've made in this process and, would you do anything differently knowing what you know now and having the experience you have? Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, um, I would, I wouldn't call it a mistake because I wouldn't have been able to get so much done if I didn't, um, stretch myself as much as I did during the spring and during the summer and during the fall. Um, the big cost of that though came to my physical health because if it's been, I mean, ever since I got this house, it became very important for me to then complete as many of these products in this house as possible. Mm-hmm. And I used that as a reason to not, uh, practice movement with my body anymore in a healthy way, mm-hmm. uh, to stop working out essentially. And then to become, you know, to become uh, more relaxed on my eating habits and neglect my eating as well. Um, And then that led to, um, you know, me gaining weight and feeling more tired and feeling more drained. Um, And yeah, now I've, I've come to this point where we've completed a lot of these projects, which is great. And I'm refocusing on my physical health with eating, with, with, with diet. Um, so it's been, it's been a learning. It's yeah, it's been, it's been a very important learning lesson for me. So this, this next upcoming year, 
my my goal is to then slow down to not work on selling projects at, at uh, don't not work on selling projects at, at a time anymore, mm. and to create more of a balance between my physical health, my mental health, and these house projects. Mm. So, and then also too my financial and resource health, um, because I, I used most of my money uh, uh, back into this house for buying tools for for buying supplies for all these projects. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've invested a lot in this year in this house, um, at the expense of, of my, of my body and my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm looking to recalibrate. So yeah, that was a big learning lesson and that's, that's what I've learned from it. And I think if, um, I think that going forward, if, if I will make a, um, if as I continue to make more investments in, in this house, it um, th there's um, um, it, it won't be worth it to get to get that much more money from a long-term investment in a home energy project uh, if it comes at too much expense of my health. Like I'm I'm starting to value I, I'm I'm be, I'm I'm reevaluating that. Yeah. Um, like, do I really want to save that thousand more dollars by cramming in this project? Yeah. Um, or is it not worth it for my health? Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that has changed. And what I, would I recommend someone to do that? Um, maybe. Yeah. But everyone's different on what they're able to accomplish mm -hmm. and how many resources that, that they have. Um, but for me, I, I came to the point where I was just asking myself, like, what's the point of, of, you know, of of squeezing in this this project this weekend um if it means that i'm feeling you know even more unhealthy even more unhappy mm -hmm. as time goes on and the whole point of this is to create a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. a healthy and resilient lifestyle so he was mm -hmm. defeating the purpose yeah. uh he was getting a little bit a little bit too un too uh unbalanced mm -hmm. um so that's why i'm that's why i'm recalibrating myself to this year mm -hmm. Yeah, that I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel like that is something that, you know, no matter what type of project or, you know, endeavors that we approach in life that can easily be overlooked as a, you know, as a crucial factor. And um, I, you know, I was thinking of the phrase, you know, health as wealth, right? And there's this, there's also this, this theme, I think, you know, in a lot of work that, you know, there's that short-term sacrifice for the long-term gain. Right. And, and there's like, there's still balance there. And I think it's really important to address that up front. And also, it, you mentioned, you know, like having, essentially, like having this, this overarching big picture vision. And it's like, if you have those kind of checkpoints in place of coming back to that vision, and you mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, you said, you know, having, you know, wealth and or having a healthy lifestyle, right? Something to that yeah. effect. Yeah. So it's like, that's ultimately your vision and, and you're sacrificing that, you know, and it's really starting to cost you. That's where you kind of re, re correct that course. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's something that I, I feel very, very, um, I feel like I've already made that, that decision change mm -hmm. and my habits are already starting to change um, as, of, as of this past month. Mm -hmm. and it's feeling good as I'm making this change. Um, and it's going to take time. 
you know, yeah. to recover in some ways. Um, it's going to take time to, <laughs> to, to get in physically healthier shape and mm-hmm. to feel more mentally, um, uh, balanced and, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm still grateful for how much I've accomplished. Um, but it's by no means a perfect idealistic route to do things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, do you feel like you've kind of come full circle because, you know, starting out this conversation, you talked about what led you down this path and that really was about, you know, specifically your, your health and your diet and, and food and, and certainly mindfulness too. And it sounds like you're kind of coming back around to, to recognizing the importance of those things. That is so true, Cody. Yeah, that's so true. I, I'm grateful that you're bringing that up. Yeah, it started out with how to um, how to have security in my physical health through mm-hmm. access of healthy food and shelter. Yeah, that's that's how it started, and mm-hmm. then it became all about the shelter and the environment, and <laughs> forgot about my own physical health. And now yeah. it's how to manage both of those because as much as I want to do everything all the time, I can only do some things. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what it's, that's, that's the, that's the path that I'm on right now. Yeah. And it's a more sustainable path. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what this next year will bring. And yeah, yeah, definitely true. Very full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's an ebb and flow, you know, it's a meandering journey that you know, there's the, the hierarchy of needs, right? And, you know, you're talking about food, water, shelter, and, you know, survival, social connections, and, and kind of moving towards that, you know, transformation and that transcendence. And it, it's, it's different phases of life, I think. And, you know, having creative projects, it, there is that kind of dark cave that we go into to focus. And, you know, coming out back into the light, we're you know, essentially reborn. And, and there's a transformation there that we've experienced in addition to, you know, these visual accomplishments that you've made and can point to that are tangible. Um, I'm curious if you've shared about this work with your friends or your family or even, you know, some neighbors in, in your community and, you know, how, how have you talked about it and what are some questions that come up from, from other folks? Yeah, I've shared points of this journey with people. Um, <laughs> this podcast is probably the first time that I've talked about it from on a high level from beginning to end. All right. Really important for getting a good perspective. Yes. Um, exclusive release. <laughs> right. Exclusive release of Armel's brain. Yeah. Uh, and mental journeys. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, my my family and friends have been along this whole journey with me and they've they've seen the ups and downs um so yeah and a lot of concerns i guess would be around um uh like that i should be saving more money uh for the future for um yeah just to have more financial resources as um so then I'm not um, so dependent on a nine to five job just to get my financial resources ends meet, mm-hmm. um, which has been pushed back by, you know, in, in my head, well, 
the more resilient I make this home system, the less dependent I am on money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the whole rationale to begin with. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think there's a balance now that I'm now that I'm coming coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, concerns definitely about my physical health. Um, seeing me be really stressed out at times, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, seeing me gain weight. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say that those those have been already observed by the ones I've been closest to. Yeah. But then also um, there's been some uh, prideful moments of, wow, this is really cool. You just did this whole thing by yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's been, there's been both um, yeah. celebrations and also the critiques. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. can, can you, can you elaborate a little more on some of those, those moments of celebration or those aha moments for, for other people kind of seeing and, and so when I've that? gotten friends over, yeah, yeah, definitely. So when I've, so I've, I've invited uh, friends over to the house for dinner and that, that, that's, that's usually the main way that I've been hanging out with people in the past year mm-hmm. and a half is either going to, you know, someone's birthday, like here and there once in a blue moon, or mostly just inviting people over here and having them over for dinner and then mm-hmm. giving them a quick tour of the house and everything we've been doing. And there is a sense of uh, disbelief and awe whenever mm-hmm. I walk through these energy systems and explain to people, here's how this is connected to that thing and that thing's connected to that thing. Mm-hmm. And here's the end result. Um, and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And, um, and then having, and then finding myself having to slow down to then talk about the very basic principles about how these systems work, these home systems, mm-hmm. um, is, is kind of gratifying because it's like, wow, I'm already at this level where I feel like I've become, um, a, a resource for, for my friends and for my family. Like I know, um, like, like they come to me for advice and for yeah. knowledge on, figuring this out and a lot of my friends are are also looking to buy their 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 first homes as well mm-hmm. and talking about them with these is is really grateful because it's a resource that i have to gift people now yeah um, i can i can explain i can explain all these things now and i also have firsthand experience um i mean just to go through a quick laundry list of what i've completed um i've uh cleared away tons of overgrowth in the yard and have mm-hmm. a lot of resources for now building swales and berms uh for building new soil um i've we we even we've had geothermal heating and cooling system installed which i contracted out and and did to the financing calculations for that um had the water heater replaced i also did the labor for that myself um i did the labor i did most of the labor for solar myself minus the electrical work um i've replaced the roof so i've i've put a brand new roof and that's like, you know, completely sheathing as well too. Um, so stripped it down just, just to the frame of the house. Um, and, um, I've rerouted, I've rerouted plumbing vents. I've, um, I've done the insulation and in the attic and the rim joists in the basements. Um, I've, yeah, it, it just, just a whole host of things. Mm. Um, and so talking about all these different systems, I've been in through every single or most nook, nooks and crannies of this house. And it feels, it, it's, it's a very, um, 
it's a very gratifying, it's a very satisfying feeling that I have that comfort and in, in intimacy of this physical structure mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't even know what's on, what's inside the walls of their house. A lot of people <laughs> don't even know what the walls are made of um, or what's above the attic. Uh, mm. A lot of people just, they just don't know. But yeah. I know every single layer of this house and I've been inside every single layer of this house. Mm. Um, and so that is, that feels great uh, because I have the confidence now to take on, to take on most projects. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that, that I can celebrate on. I've definitely leveled up in that way many times over. Mm. That's, that's an incredible feeling. Yeah. You mentioned the word gratifying and that's exactly what I was imagining too. And I, you know, in my own journey, I think it's like, that's, you know, there's that sacrifice that we talked about, but that's what, you know, re, fuels us that's what nourishes us to to continue and and even you know go deeper and to share and and, you know it's it's interesting to to think about but you know you're you're essentially an expert when you have people coming to you that means you know a little bit more about something than they do and and you can help them and I think that's essentially what all this is about is that we we all have those abilities and um the skill really to, to cultivate that and, and share and, and teach. And I think it's really, really incredible thing to celebrate that you've, you've already begun that just by, you know, tapping into to who you are and, and your story and this journey. Thank you. Yeah. And, and what, what keeps me going in these projects and what I'm excited for is being able to communicate a bottom line that. Uh, that someone who doesn't have much industry knowledge uh, can understand uh, and be excited about. So I want to be able to share a bottom line with people as they visit, like this house produces all of the energy that it consumes. This house is self-sufficient in, the, in, in its energy consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is a, that is a very easily communicable uh that, that, uh, that's a very easy bottom line to communicate to people, mm-hmm. um, knowing that this house will have, you know, zero energy bills for heating and cooling and for yeah. water. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's the kind of um, um, point that I want to get to that I'm, they'll be very excited to, to show people. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people then ask, well, why are you doing all this? And well, here's the reason why. To have yeah. zero to basically flatten the operating cost of this house. Yeah. Or a reason to transform the landscape to produce an abundance of food. You know, I, I produce 50% of my calories, you know, on this landscape or something like that. Of that yeah. Nature. Sure. Uh, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, um, that's the milestone that'll, that I'm, that drives me to continue to press on forward. Yeah. Uh, that's the milestone that'll then make it easy for other people to feel excited and inspired for them to do these projects on their house as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, or at least for, for, um, someone who doesn't think much, uh, beyond, um, you know, those, those basic needs, like if they don't understand the cost to society or to the resources of the world, the way that they're consuming, the way they're living, well, you know, it's also going to have this immediate benefit to the cost of their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of people can see. And so I'm excited to make these, uh, to make this path more accessible for other people. Yeah. Um, so 
for my so my kid or my kids uh, can have uh, a world that they can feel good about living in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really that's really what what drives me is being able to spread this for and have it be easy to communicate to other people. Yeah, for them to understand. Wow, that's beautiful, Arno. Yeah, I I, I was going to ask you. You know, we've kind of moved into this. Uh, you know, part of the conversation that you, you're talking about this outreach essentially and, and sharing with others. And, you know, do you, do you have any advice for people who are like just really engaged with this conversation, really excited about what you're talking about? What, what could be some next steps that they could take? Um, hmm. Let's see. Well, if it comes to retrofitting, um, some next steps they could take would be to, um, well, if, if they have a house, um, it would be to study all of these different systems mm-hmm. to develop a cost analysis between, between these different projects, mm-hmm. um, to set a goal for what they, for, for what they want the end result to be for their operating costs of their mm-hmm. home. Um, and then to break down the timeline of each of these projects. Um, but really it's the, it's going to get down to the details of what makes breaks a lot of these. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I mean, this is very cliche, but I, I encourage people to just start and start with something small to get confidence. Uh, when I first, when I first bought this house, one of the first projects I did was to, uh, insulate, um, uh, insulate around the windows and the doors. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled open all the trim and, you know, there was a lot of unknowns because I didn't want to damage the drywall and all this stuff. And, um, but, um, but just by opening up a little part of the house, I got confident in, in using, you know, a tool and knowing a part of the house, yeah. making some, some small scale improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with small projects that, that they can start now that are easily digestible to get more confidence working on their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to design some some high level goals that they can quantify, um, and then connect those systems to it. Um, yeah, and then set a timeline for that. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I recommend for people that are interested in retrofitting. Um, and you know, I, I can also share with you too a link to websites that have been very helpful for me for uh, home building science and mm-hmm. knowing how to tackle each of these projects and. In, in the most effective way, um, given the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are some of those websites? Did you mention? I so, uh, fine home building is a good one. Okay. Uh, Green home advisor. Uh, they, they, they talk a lot about energy efficient, um, home remodeling projects. There's a lot of, um, there's, there's a lot of people that post their questions on how to tackle, you know, this nuance and, experts respond to their questions and that's been very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good for also product reviews too. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, those are, those are two ones that, that come to my mind. Oh, that's, yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah. I was going to say too, I, I really appreciate your answer about, you know, next steps for people because it's very strategic in the way that you approached it you know, talking about those, those small steps to build confidence. And then also you mentioned that, that those next steps after that, um, really focusing on things that were quantifiable or measurable, 
And I think that's a very, yeah, a very smart way to approach these, these goals because yeah, it, it slowly builds that confidence and that aptitude to, to yeah, tackle. And, and if there's any bigger projects like replacing a roof, um, I would recommend people putting, putting a, uh, getting a cost analysis of the project versus if they're to hire other contractors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it means getting, getting a quote or two um, before you can make an informed decision, then they'll know how much money that they're saving. Um, and if they do a little bit of research on what are some of the skills that they need to have or what are the tools that, that they need to have to complete a job and then develop, uh, develop a list of all the costs, then that would help them make a better decision on whether it's something that they think that they can achieve and how much money that they would save doing so or if it's too much of a headache to, to do where they'd be in over their heads. Um, that was really important for me is I, I got some advice from friends on how much work it cost yeah. uh, for the materials for me to, to do this by myself. Um, I, I, I got a couple of bids for replacing the roof from contractors. And then I said, okay, here's how much I'd be saving. Here's how much labor that, that, that this may cost me. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how much I'd be, I mean, I'd be valuing my labor at. Mm-hmm. And then, do I have the time to do this and do I want to do this? Um, and then I did and it ended up being more costly, but I still ended up saving tons of money by doing it myself, despite the amount of headache and um, struggle that, it, that we went through. So it ended up saving, you know, probably spent about a third of what we would by hiring a contractor to get a metal roof instead. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 And, and also too, it's, it's, it's really important that you mentioned even, you know, valuing your, your own time and labor in this decision too. And I think that could be something yeah. that folks might overlook. Yeah. How much do you value your time? And yeah. if you give, I mean, um, yeah, you can, you can say that, okay, I want to charge myself for, you know, I would say that I'm, I would, I'd be paying myself $25 an hour on this project mm-hmm. because that's how much I make in my day job or something like that. Right. Um, then, then that helps inform what's the best decision to make. If someone's making someone's making a lot more money in their day job, and it may make more sense for them to hire out more uh, contractors. Precisely. Than if someone if someone would be you know saving money because they're just hiring themselves. Yeah. So all those things, all those things go go into that decision making factor. Yeah. Or if someone just wants to put their free if they just want to put their free time into it. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, as we already discussed, valuing your, your health into the equation too. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. So what's next for you? Well, um, this winter, um, actually what I'm really excited about is starting my parkour classes. I'm starting this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been a, a movement practice that I've um, or, or a sport that I think has been the most interesting for me since high school that I've um, participated on and off and finally joined a parkour gym. Um, so I, I'm actually excited about introducing a physical discipline um, uh, in my life right now in a routine and 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 then in terms of my job, uh, we are looking to grow maybe twice or four times our size right now mm-hmm. because we have 
such a huge demand to meet for installs next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so spending a lot of time in my job and learning and in, in, in scaling this company mm-hmm. from an organizational level. Uh, and then for this house, I am ready to um, start doing earthworks next year. So we'll have, I mean, we, uh, we already, we'll have solar installed. We'll have most of the home energy systems completed. Um, and then from that point, it'll be working on the landscape. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to uh, do earthworks and design, um, design the landscape. Uh, and then maybe a few projects here and there throughout the year. Uh, but I'm, I, but I'm honestly looking forward to, um, putting more time on a regular basis into my physical health again and balancing that with, with the existing projects in this house. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Uh, thank you. This has been, this has been good for me because I, like I said, uh, haven't often taken such a high level step back to look at what this journey has been like recently. Um, and it encourages me to count my blessings and feel grateful for what I've accomplished, which is just as important as taking the next steps forward that I need to be taking. Um, so thank you. It, this has been great. And if any of your listeners also want to reach out to me for advice, um, because a lot of these decisions get down into the details with home improvement, um, I would be you know, happy to also be a resource for them if, if they want to reach out to me and just ask me a quick question, um, it, at least point them in the right, in the right direction of, of giving them um, uh, decision-making factors to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, because it's, it's, so, it's so nuanced when it comes down to the project. Um, but yeah, thank you. This has been great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Armel. I really appreciate you taking this time to, to share about this journey and and really appreciate what you're doing to to share with others too and really, really inspire folks to to start on this path. So thank you. Thank you, Cody. Um, I hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and I would look forward to you and Megan uh, visiting sometime this year. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, you can do three simple things right now. One, you can subscribe to Permaculture Freedom Podcast if you haven't yet. Number two, you can leave a short review for us on iTunes. And third, share this episode with a person in your life you think would enjoy it too. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. Until next time, take care, my friend.